In Romans chapter 1 through 3, we learned what we are by nature, and that is no righteousness in us whatsoever. By the time we get to Romans chapter 3 and run through chapter 5, we learn how to become a Christian, and that is by having Christ's righteousness on us. When we get to Romans 6 through 8, we preach through that. It's how to live as a Christian with His righteousness in us. That's yielding to the Holy Spirit. Not only do we have Christ's righteousness on us, we have Christ's righteousness in us. We just finished chapters 9, 10, and 11 of Romans, and that's God's plan for Israel. Why was Israel set aside was the big question that was answered in those three chapters. And that dealt with Christ's righteousness with Israel. Well, now we come to chapters 12 and running through chapter 15 to verse 13, we're going to learn how to serve our great God. It's all about service. And it's not Christ's our service isn't Christ's righteousness on us. We already understand that. It's not Christ's righteousness in us. We got that in Romans 6 through 8. Now it's Christ's righteousness through us as we serve. And that's the big overview. And this is the introduction we're trying to understand. Now, I ask you to turn to Romans chapter number 10 because I want to bring out this point or this thought. And that is this. The first 11 chapters of Romans, God, there's a lot there, right? But God really didn't ask us to do much. He said, believe. Okay, we did that. We're saved. And he said, take that gospel and tell others, okay, we're doing that. But outside of that, you got a lot of doctrinal truth, but you don't have a lot of God saying, hey, I want you to go do some things. Look, watch what it says in Romans 10, verses 14 through 15. This kind of sums up thus far what God has asked us to do. Um, look at verse 14. How then shall they call on him in whom they have not believed? And how shall they believe in him of whom they have not heard? And how shall they hear without a preacher? How shall they preach except they be sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of them that preach the gospel of peace and bring glad tidings of good things. You got 11 chapters, and if you were to break it down, really what God has asked us to do is to believe. Have you done that? Okay. God then has asked us in, in, in chapters 6 through 8, yield to the Holy Spirit, okay? Are we all doing that? And then he says, okay, now there's other people that haven't heard. You got to go out and bring it. And are we witnessing? Are we doing that? That's, that's the extent of what God has asked us to do. When we get to chapter 12, God starts to unpack. If you thought that was all you had to do, it's the old, but wait, there's more. There's more. And this is now the introduction of how we are going to serve God. And why, why we are going to learn 
why it's so important to glorify God in all aspects of human relationships. And God set it up so perfectly because without all of the doctrinal truths found in the first 11 chapters, if we didn't have that already meted out, there would be no way we would be able to understand exactly what it means to serve Him. So we have the doctrinal knowledge. We understand the church. We understand Israel. All, all that, right? We understand how to be saved. But what we don't understand yet is how to honestly and fervently serve God and glorify God the Father through our lives in the lives of everyone we meet. And I'm excited to get into this. Go to Romans chapter 2. Our Christian doctrine determines our Christian duty. And our duty is to serve. Romans 2 verse number 4. Or despiseth thou the riches of his goodness and forbearance and longsuffering, not knowing that the goodness of God leadeth thee to repentance. When you have tasted the goodness of God, you just want to be good to others. Has your guilt been removed? And it's been replaced with what? Abundant grace. You had abundant guilt. God gave you abundant grace through His goodness. And our service to Him is getting a hold of just how good God is. And we're not chained by sin anymore. What do we have within us? The Holy Spirit. So the powerful chains of sin that were on each and every one of us were holding us back and weighing us down. But now the power that we have because of Christ's righteousness in us, the Holy Spirit, we have been broken, we're broken free from those chains. Now we're free. We can now go out and serve God. Praise His name for it. Put your hand up if you honestly want to serve God. Now, me too. I got my hand up too. Service to God is not self-effort. Now, it's going to be a hard one for all of us to swallow. But it's an important point that we're going to really unpack through these next few chapters. Service really is this. It's the outliving of the in-living Christ. That's what it is. It's not self making the effort. It's us presenting our bodies and it's the outliving of the in-living Christ coming out and now God is glorified through that. So that self-effort has to be... Uh, it's not going to be really uh, the way God would have us that's not the way God wants our motive to be. It should be out of thankfulness and gratitude. And now the in-living Christ works through us. 
in us working through us. That's Christian service. I'm, I'm here to serve. Great. I'm here to serve too. And I say that and I understand that. And so do you. But I am here to serve. In other words, I am here to have the indwelling Holy Spirit work through me so that others are benefited. That's Christian service, not self-effort. Last thing I'll say for our introduction this morning, chapters 12 through 15, it finalizes Romans' big overview of the Trinity. And I say that because chapters starting in Romans 3, verse 21, working all the way to Romans 5, verse 21, we see justification by the Son. You can read those chapters and understand how to be justified. And then when you go through chapters 6 through 8, we all know that was the sanctification of the Spirit, right? That was all about the Holy Spirit and yielding to the Holy Spirit. Justification of the Son, um, the, the, um, uh, the sanctification by the Spirit, but what is left is now God the Father, the Son, the Spirit, and now the Father. So now chapters 12 through 15 brings us the, the entire view of the Trinity, and it's the glorification of the Father. So the Trinity in the book of Romans is seen through the justification of the Son, chapters 3 through 5, justification by the Son of God, and then it's seen as the sanctification of the Spirit of God, verses 6 through 8. And now we see 12 through 15, we see the glorification of the Father. So you have the entire view of the Trinity brought out doctrinally in this book. And this last section brings this out in chapters 12 through 15. Okay, amen. And let's flip in our Bibles at this point. John chapter 17 we'll get to. John 17. John 17. Why, why we serve. John 17, verse 4. Let's see what Jesus said, starting in verse 1. He says, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy Son, that thy Son also, also may glorify thee. Christ was on earth for the glorification of who? The Father, right? As thou hast given him power over all flesh, that he should give eternal life to as many as thou hast given him. And this is eternal life, that they might know thee, the only true God, and Jesus Christ, whom thou hast sent. Watch this. I have glorified thee on the earth. That's Jesus speaking. We all understand that. Why was he on the earth? To glorify the Father. That is why Christ was on the earth. I have finished the work which thou gavest me to do. Christ had a job to do. He finished that job on earth. John chapter 19, he says what? It is 
finished. We're not going to run into Jesus around town. We have the Christ liveth in me now. Okay? But he came on the earth. He finished the work. And that work first was to glorify God. It wasn't really about us first. Okay? We are a natural byproduct of God's purpose for the Son to glorify the Father. And through that, we know that he died on the cross for our sins, yes. But first, God, the Lord Jesus Christ, the Son of God, came to glorify the Father. Look at verse number 5. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. You have the Son glorifying the Father. And in verse 5, you have the mirror of that, the Father glorifying who? The Son. Both of them are there. Now look at verse, um, actually turn back to John chapter 10 because there's one more thing we need to look at. Look at John chapter number 10. Look at verse 24. John 10, verse 24. Jesus answered them in verse... Oh, let me back up. Uh, yeah, verse 24. Then came Jesus round about him and said unto him, How long dost thou make us to doubt if thou be the Christ? Tell us plainly. Jesus answered them, I told you, and ye believe not. The works that I do in my Father's name, they bear witness of me. And I think that's not the verse I want. I thought it was the verse I want. No. Oh. I don't know why I turned back to 10. I just wrote that down. I don't know why I did that. Go back to John 17, having a, a senior moment, except I'm not a senior yet. <laughs> Can I get a witness? <laughs> All right. John 17. Sorry for that blunder. Look at verse 24. John 17, verse 24. Father, this is Jesus speaking, I will that they also whom thou hast given me, be with me where I am, that they may behold my glory, which thou hast given me, for thou lovest me before the foundation of the world. So one day, Christ is going to receive us into glory. And when that day happens, you and I will have a glorified body. We all understand that doctrinally? So the, so the Son glorifies the Father. The Father glorified the Son. One day we're going to be with Him in glory. We're going to have a glorified body. But in the meantime, where are we? Down here on earth. And while we're down here on earth, everything that we are doing should be to glorify the Father. Go to Luke 2. Luke chapter 2.
Luke 2. Bible says in verse 49, Luke chapter 2, verse 49. Luke 2, 49, And he said unto them, this is Jesus, How is it that ye sought me? Wist ye not that I must be about my Father's business? Jesus came to glorify the Father. He's about His Father's business. Now in this room this morning, we have a, a civil engineer we have a plumber, we have a carpenter, we have uh, different trades, uh, we have an artist, different businesses. You're not going to call the plumber up to have civil engineer drawings drawn up. It's, it's not going to happen. We all have different businesses, but all of us have the same business. And that business is to glorify God the Father. You see, the, the Son came and He lived on earth to glorify the Father. We also saw in that chapter the Father glorified the Son. We also saw later in that chapter one day we're going to be hit with Him in glory. We're going to have a glorified body. In the meantime, we're down here and we need to say what Jesus says. We are about our Father's business. That's the idea of Romans 12, 13, 14, and 15. We are down here on earth because we are about our Father's business. What business are you in? My father's business. Who's that? Let me tell you about him. It doesn't matter if you're a civil engineer or a plumber. It doesn't matter what you are, what background you come from. If you're an artist, what's your business? I'm about my father's business. Who's your father? Let me tell you about him. See that? That's why we are here on earth and that's how we serve. His righteousness is not only on us, in us, but it's now going to work through us, through our service to God. Now, our trouble has always been sin. This is why we needed a Savior. So we trust Christ. Everybody I trust, or most here, you've trusted Christ. If you've not, we want you to do that before you leave today. When you have trusted Christ, now you have been made right with God. That relationship is fine. Praise the Lord. You are now right with yourself because Christ is now living in you. Praise the Lord. But now you need to be made right with others. And Christ working through you, His righteousness working through you, we're not just a new creature that's been made right with God. We're a new creature that's been made right with God and now with Christ working through us, we can be made right with mankind in all different areas of our life. Even, I know we're at an independent, fundamental, Bible-believing, King James, premillennial, pre-tribulation, evangelistic, any more adjectives we want to throw in here? Come on, come on, come on. Man, we are. We, we got it right. Except, we better be careful. Because God says, look, you can have all that doctrinal stuff. But if you don't allow the Holy Spirit of God, Christ's righteousness to work through you, you have not served me properly. That means people that don't agree with your doctrine, that are Christians. You live right with them. Amen. 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 
Well, they, well, they got a different Bible and they don't witness and they don't door knock and they don't pass out tracts and they don't this right and that right and the other thing right. Okay, great. Well, if you do, then you should be spiritual enough to live right with them. These people who put themselves off to be some spirit, super spiritual Christians typically ain't that super spiritual. <laughs> Even if, the per, even if the person or group of people aren't even saved, God is going to lay out how we can serve them. And none of it has to do with jumping in sin with them. Of course not. But He is going to lay out how we can allow Christ's righteousness through us so that we can serve Him better. Matthew 22. Matthew 22, we'll show you this. This is the true biblical view of sociology. Young people, you won't, you won't get this in public school. And praise the Lord, you're not in public school. But if you were, you won't get this in public school. So that's why you should be in church. Uh, so that you can learn it. Matthew 22. Or it's why you can thank God you have Christian parents because they will teach it to you. Matthew 22, verse 37. Matthew 22, verse 37. Okay, I've got this verse right. Praise God. Okay, here's the true biblical view of sociology. We all start off awfully wrong, criminally sinful depraved with no righteousness at all we all start off that way and then we get saved and watch what it says verse 37 jesus said unto them thou thou would be personally individually starting with us we get ourselves right thou shalt love the lord thy god you know what that is that's moving from personal righteousness, getting yourself right. It moves to now you are right with God. You live your life loving God. Have you ever said to somebody, or have you ever said that somebody needs to get right with God? You know, you know some Christians, you know they're saved, at least from their testimony. And, but you got to say, man, you know what? You really need to get right with God. That's this verse, folks. You're not loving God. I love God. Wait. You just were caught doing that, and the phrase out of your mouth is, who are you to judge me? I love God as much as anybody else. What are you talking about? Are you on drugs? You don't love God. You need to get right with God and love Him. <laughs> Thou, individually, and now right with God, love God. And then he says, with all thy heart and with all thy soul and with all thy mind. And, and I'm telling you, all these people that are filling football stadiums today and missing church because they can just kind of, well, they don't care. But they're a Christian. But their local church family isn't as important to them as guys running around in 
leotards. It, it's not. Or they would be with the folks who love God. Well, I love God, then why are you there? I love God, then why are you acting like that? I love God, then why is your thoughts consumed with this all the time? Because you don't love God as much as you and I think we love God. Well, it's too cold. I can't, um, can't really do anything for God. Did you see the thing on... My son was telling me about this. Who was the team that was... Uh, they had to shut it down. They were taking volunteers. There, there was a game... It, the Bills in Kansas City. Yeah, the, the, the Bills game, whatever, the whole thing because of the frigid cold. And people were just, you know, they're upset. They're ready to sit out in frigid temperatures. Sit. Not move around where you can kind of create some body heat. Sit. And they're going to watch one guy take a football and throw it to another guy and then watch some other guy try to tackle him down. And they're going to yell and they're going to scream and they're going to get excited and they're going to spend their money on food. And they're going to be out there not for 20 minutes. They're going to be out there for two and a half, three hours. Well, they're making millions of dollars. Okay. Why are you talking about that? Because this idea that we're right with God and we love God, we really need to take a, a, a picture of ourselves, of the things that we do, and see if it lines up with, do we really love God? And I'm just not convinced that we, and I mean we in this room, are fully in love with God. I believe we can fall more in love with Him and do more to serve Him. And we're going to find out that it has a lot more to do than just witnessing to the lost. I think we've got that down. <laughs> Could we do more? Should we do more? Probably. But I think we've got that down. Now what we've got to get down is, okay, how are we going to serve God? How are we going to love Him? And then finally, it says that uh, in verse 38, this is the first and great commandment. And the second is like unto it. Thou shalt love thy neighbor as thyself. On these two commandments hang all the law and the prophets. So that's great. You love God, you're right with Him. Now our service is get right with your neighbor. Get right with others. Get your soul saved. Now get right with God, live in love for him, love and live for him. And now and now love your neighbor. Yeah, the guy you don't like. Yeah, the unsaved man at your job that wears you out. You gotta figure out a way to get right with him or her. And that's how you and that's how you reflect God's glory. That's how his glory we get to play a part in that. Reflect His glory. All right, go to Romans 12. Romans 12. Start moving along here. The Bible says, I beseech you therefore, brethren, verse number one, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world, but be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind, that ye may prove... What is that good and acceptable and perfect 
will of God. And the first type of service is self-service. It's a sacrificial, self, uh, self-sacrificial type of service. We take our bodies and we present it to God and we say our bodies are not going to be conformed to this world. Young people, here's what the world wants you to conform to. It's language. It's music. And by the way, music is a language. It's clothing. It's dress styles, which by the way, young people, look this way. That is a language. It communicates something. And it wants you to conform so that you look like it. Your service and my service starts with this. God, I'm here to present myself. And I know that there isn't a verse in the Bible that says, Thou shalt not put uh, shrapnel in my ears and in my eyes and in my nose, but I want to present myself as a sacrifice to You, and I'm happy with the way You made me, Lord, so that stuff's going to go. I'm going to take it all out. The earrings are coming out if you're a guy. And the nose ring's coming out. And, and, and all that that you got from watching MTV and the music industry in Hollywood, because nobody got that from reading the Bible. Nobody read the book of Genesis and said, you know what, I'm going to tattoo myself from head to toe. No one read the Bible and came away with that. They got that from society. They got that from pagan culture that worked its way into American life. And people started worshiping movie stars and rock stars and worldly things and they said you know what I want to look like that I want to be like that that's how things are sold and you say so you say you know what I'm going to serve you God and I'm not going to be conformed to that world and if the world's doing it probably you can bank on just do the opposite now I can't prove that that's true all the time but if I was a betting man, I'd say that's probably true 99.9% .9 of the time. These boys and girls come home from school. Mom, Dad, you'll never get what's, guess what the new dress style is. Let me guess. We ain't doing it. <laughs> Did I get it right? Yeah, pretty much. I guess you're a legalist. No, I'm just trying to present my body to God to live for Him and not be conformed to the world. And I want you to do the same. Okay, so then you have a mind that is, it's a renewable mind. These batteries nowadays, we're working, doing the remodel of the new church building. And um, Brother Eric's got his, his battery charging ports all over so that when he can take a battery and he can sit it in that battery port and it will renew itself. So when the one dies, he can take the fresh one, put it in there, put the dead one in there, and it's a renewable battery. God says, not only are you going to present yourself to not be conformed to this world, but you are going to have a mind that is renewable. <laughs> and that mind is going to continually be renewed and transformed into the image of Christ. This is why we present our bodies and our mind, because they work together. You think something, it's going to come out in your bodily actions. 
so that our lives now glorify God. Why? Because we are anticipating what type of body in the future? A glorified body. And because we are anticipating a glorified body, God says, look, my righteousness can work through you. Get some practice now living in a body for my glorification. Present your body to Him. Present your mind to Him. My body is not going to be conformed and Lord, plug me in and get me renewed because I want to continually be transformed to be more like you and act and all that like the living Savior. Go to Philippians 2. Philippians 2 verse number 5. Philippians 2 5. Let this mind be in you which was also in Christ Jesus who being in the form of God, thought it not robbery to be equal with God. That couldn't be any clearer than me than that Jesus is God 100%. But made himself of no reputation and took upon him the form of a servant and was made in the likeness of men. And being found in fashion as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient unto death, even the death of the cross. Christ is our example. It's hard. We are here to please ourselves. Except we're not. We are here to live to please God. And our Christian service should be for the benefit of others. I know it's hard. It's hard for me. I'd rather just know that I gave out a gospel track and told someone the gospel. I did my part. And we do. We do need to do our part. But in many ways, that's just easier. Just give me a crowd of people so I can give them the good news of Jesus. God says, your service is a lot more than that. <laughs> you mean I got to get along with that guy? You mean I got to live right with that person? <clears throat> I don't want to, God. <laughs> well, have you read that I humbled myself? Have you read that I became obedient even to death? You, you can't die to yourself and just hush your mouth for 20 minutes when you got to deal with that person? Well, you really want that from me, Lord? Yeah, I do. God says, yeah, I do. John 12. John 12. I know some of you are wondering if I'm going to have any more football analogies. It'll only be until Super Bowl, so we'll just we'll we'll save them. We'll save them for the Super Bowl. Uh, John 12, John 12, verse number 24. Well, you only preach against that because you're not good enough to play. I know, I'm not good enough to play, but, but serving God to me is more important regardless of the money. John 12, look at verse 24. Jesus said, Verily, verily, I say unto you, except a corn of wheat fall into the ground and die, it abideth alone. But if it die, it bringeth forth much fruit. Huh. So Christ came, died. He went into the ground. He was buried. And three days and three nights later, he 
rose again. Christ came and he died, huh? He that loveth his life shall lose it. And he that hateth his life in this world shall keep it unto eternal, life eternal. If any man serve me, let him follow me. And where I am, there shall also my servant be. If any man serve me, him will my father honor. Christ gives a planting analogy in this verse. Jesus himself speaks and says, there's a corn of wheat and it's going to be planted. He's going to be putting it into the ground. It's an agricultural analogy. Um, you know what we are to do as Christians? What we read? You're going to serve me. You're going to follow me. My servant, father honored. Christ planted. He was the seed. We are here to propagate what he planted. We have some gardeners here, right? You have a plant, what can you do? You can propagate off that plant. Christ came, the first fruits he planted, now he wants us to propagate what he planted. That's a picture of our service. Go back to John 9. John chapter number 9. Look at verse number 20, John 9. That's not the right verse either. Why am I doing that? Go to John 14. John 14. John 14. I'm slipping. I got two verses I, I wrote down wrong. John 14. Look at verse 33. No, that's the wrong verse too. John, that's the wrong verse, Brother Tom. I'll have to preach on that later. I'll have to preach on that verse later. Why don't we try this? How about 1 Corinthians? <laughs> 1 Corinthians 6. It's probably right in front of me. I just made two blunders now. I'm nervous. Uh, 1 Corinthians 6. It's not like I have lack of sleep or anything. <laughs> 1 Corinthians chapter 6. 1 Corinthians 6. Look at verse number... 19. 1 Corinthians 6. We'll have three more stops and then we'll and then we'll conclude here. 1 Corinthians 6, look at verse number 19. What? Know ye not your body is the temple of the Holy Ghost, which is where? It's in you, which ye have of God, and ye are not your own. So everybody pinch yourself and realize your body. It is not your body, not anymore. Why? For you are bought with a price, therefore do what? Glorify God. And our service starts with our own body glorifying God. It says in your body and in your spirit, which are God's. Your body and my body is how we express what is in us. Ladies, do you love your husband? Then what comes out of your mouth will be a true reflection of how you feel about him. Husbands, do we love our wives? Then our bodies, our mouths, what we say, our bodies are, would be an expression of what is inside. 
This is why you just say talk is cheap. People say that because you, why? Because people talk one thing, but they act another. It's the same thing with our bodies. We present, I'm a Christian, I'm saved. Oh, okay. Then express that through your body. That's the idea. The body's not ours. It's for God's service. Jesus, we are a, Romans 12 will tell us that we are a living sacrifice. Christ came and he was a dying sacrifice. He died so that we can be a living sacrifice. He died for us. We do what for him? Live. He shed his blood. One time sacrifice. He bled to die. You know what he gave us? Fresh, rich blood to pump through our bodies service unto him. That's the whole picture. John 15. Two more verses and we're done. John 15. John 15, I don't know why in the world you would want to be conformed to the world. <laughs> After we read these verses, John 15, and I got it right. Look at verse 19. If ye were of the world, the world would love his own. Jesus said, but because you are not of the world, but I have chosen you out of the world, therefore the world hateth you. Now, if I were to go, um, when I first met my wife, if, if, if I, meeting her, and I, and I try to introduce myself and try to get her to know me a little bit, and she just says, you know what, I just hate you. Get away from me. And I keep showing up, and she keeps telling me, I hate you. What are you doing here? I hate you. And I keep showing up. I said, well, uh, here I am again. <laughs> Has anything changed? No, I still hate you. I really do. I really hate you. Oh, okay. Now, how, how long would you do that? Fellas, how long would we do that? Well, she looks pretty. <laughs> well, you look pretty. <laughs> I'm going to keep coming. I hate you. I hate you. I hate you. The world might look pretty, but it hates you. So every time you get deeper into it and you keep coming back to it, the world is saying to you, look, I hate you. And you keep coming and you keep getting dragged down and you keep getting depressed and you wonder why you have all these problems. Because as a Christian, you're not serving God. You're going back to the place that hates you. Jesus said the world hates you. Stop going back to it. But all my friends are doing it. The world hates you. Serve God. He loves you. We don't belong. We don't belong in this world. We're pilgrims. We're pilgrims. Verse 24. Or no, you could you uh, go to go to um, go to First John two and First Peter two, and we're done. First John two and First Peter two. First John two and First Peter two, and we're done. Look at First John two. We'll look at verse number seventeen. 
Why in the world would you want to be conformed to this world when it's just going to pass away? 1 John 2, verse 17, And the world passeth away, and the lust thereof. But he that doeth the will of God abideth forever. Why not get focused on doing something that's got some eternal worth? Living and serving God. Living for and serving God. 1 Peter chapter 2 will be our last verse. In the Old Testament, all of those animal sacrifices, the life of that animal was claimed. The animal's life, he was slain, he was killed. And so Christ comes in a body as the perfect one-time sacrifice. And in 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 24 says this, Who his own self bear our sins in his own body on the tree, that we, being dead to sins, should live, should live, people, should live under righteousness by whose stripes ye were healed. He comes in a body that we might live under righteousness. You know what He calls us? The body of Christ. And our individual bodies within the body of Christ are supposed to present our bodies as living sacrifices unto God so that we would live for Him and serve Him. And you know where that starts? Right here. Right where God has you. Right where God has me. I just don't know how to present my body to serve. I think I'm called to China. No, just start here first, okay? Serve God here. And then allow the bigger picture to unfold. And I believe a lot of Christians may have an issue with this. We tend to draw back the lens too soon. Well, I need to do this big, grand, super spiritual, this thing. No, just start right here. And then let God expand that circle of influence as He sees fit. Just start serving God right where you're at. The little things, little as much, when God's in it.